All right, you ready? I'm ready. What is up, guys and gals? Over here is John Lindemann, and way over there, because we're doing a Skype call this time, it's J.R. Parks, and this is episode three? 32, 32. 32 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. How are you, J.R.? I'm doing well. Uh, busy day, but uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. This is weird. Uh, I keep looking. I, I, look, I keep looking at this one corner of the screen like you're there because <laughs> I can't see you on camera. Jared is normally like six feet from me at another table, but um, we're doing a Skype call uh, this time. Uh, this is going to be a really good one. It's on the Conk Republic in Florida. If you've never heard of the Conk Republic, buckle up. This is a really – I told Jared earlier, next to Puck Wedgies, which was early on in the podcast, this would probably have been the weirdest the weirdest one. And, Jared, you said you hadn't heard of this, right? I have not, I'm, so I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Man, it got cold last night. I got to say that. And uh, let's see. This is Monday. Sunday morning, it was really cold. We had a really heavy frost. Did we not? Yeah, I uh, uh, watched the uh, service from out next to our garden and chicken coop Sunday morning, and I was uh, in my heavy Carhartt coat because it was oh my god, chilly. even yeah. a cup of coffee, it was cold. Yeah, it almost looked like it had snowed at first. I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I got outside, and oh, I took Yeti. We have a basset hound who's about five or six years old named Yeti. He's a lemon color, which means he's just light brown and white. Um, but I took him outside and was like, whoa, I got to get a coat, Yeti. Whoa. But, uh, and the deer are starting to move a lot more. Have you noticed that when you're driving? Deer season's in and the rut is in. So, yeah. They're, they're chasing does and they have pressure from hunters. So you're going to probably see a lot more deer on the side of the road. Chasing tail. All right. Yeah. I will, I will be deer hunting all of next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Are you going up to the WV? Yeah, taking the week off from work and uh, nice. spending Thanksgiving with, with family up there and spending the week hunting, so looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going the, the day after Thanksgiving to Tybee Island um, in Georgia, outside of Savannah. Severely looking forward to that. I am really looking forward, forward to that. Charleston, they say, is the holy city because of all the churches, and Savannah is the haunted city because of all the hauntings and i'm really big into that as our listener listeners might know so uh, i'm gonna have a good time i told miss carrie to get ready for some late night ghost walks and she rolled her <laughs> but, yeah, so vacation we, we did, uh, yeah we did we've done several ghost tours in charleston over the years we did one when we went to savannah a few years ago it uh uh, yeah, it's 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 a cool little place. Oh yeah. All right. All right. You ready to talk about Conquer Public? Sure, let's do it. All right. April twenty third, nineteen eighty two. I was six years old. Reagan was president. Jared was not born yet. Um, but on April twenty third, nineteen eighty two. A 5.9 square mile area of Key West, Florida, seceded from the United States of America, from the Union, successfully. Did you know that? I did. 
not know where this that was where this conversation was going to go. But no, now I'm looking forward to it even more. <laughs> so earlier, that was on April 23rd, but earlier in 1982, the U.S. Border Patrol set up a roadblock at the merger of Highway US-1 and the Monroe County Highway. This, The merger of US-1 and Monroe County Road, I think is what it's called, is basically that is the, you have to go through that intersection to leave the keys or to enter the keys on four rubber tires. So it's the only way in, it's the only way out on a vehicle. And U.S. Border Patrol sets up a roadblock right there in front of the Last Chance Saloon, a famous saloon. Um, and this poses a major problem because in 1982, I think we can just go ahead and admit that if you're going through that intersection in your car, there's a high chance um, that you probably got some marijuana on you. Um, it's also a major place for folks that had come illegally from Cuba working their way north. So U.S. Border Patrol set up there to do some major busts. However, this was a major concern uh, for the Keys because it killed tourism, as you might expect. So, so this is before they seceded. Yeah, this yeah, kind of earlier those, in '82. It, yeah, this is kind of one of those weird, questionable, uh, in like border patrol checks that you might go through in a southern state. Yeah. Where you're like a hundred miles from the border and you're like, why, why am I seeing border patrol agents in the middle of Texas or whatever? Yeah. And I believe at this point you're, I could be wrong, but I think you're still over a hundred miles from the southernmost point in Florida. Technically. Okay. Technically. Um, so agents were looking for all sorts of narcotics. They were looking for folks that had come over from Cuba in a manner that the law does not allow them to come over. Um, and, of course, the Key West City Council went completely bonkers uh, because they're seeing a major drop in tourism and, therefore, a major drop in uh, monetary funds coming in. Um, they tried to get an injunction in court to stop the blockade at the road or the road block. Uh, and this is under the leadership of a guy that we're going to talk a lot about named Mayor Dennis Wardlow. Um, and he went back and forth and back and forth using the city council. Uh, he couldn't get anywhere. So finally, on April the 23rd, 1982, he said, if we're going to be treated like we are a foreign nation, then we're going to become a foreign nation, foreign nation. And they declared independence under the name of the Conch Republic. Uh, and he was declared the prime minister. All right. <laughs> Right. Okay. Not a shot has been fired yet. But his first thing that he did was he declared open warfare on the United States of America. This is getting interesting. So he declares That's a bold war. move, Cotton. Let's see if it plays, pays off for him. Yeah. So he declares war on the United States of America. He has a man dressed in a naval uniform stand uh, in a parking lot, and they symbolically break 
a piece of Cuban bread. I don't know what makes Cuban bread, but uh, symbolically broke some Cuban bread over the head of this man in a naval uniform. And then they wait. And I'm not sure what that means, to be honest with you. Then they wait one minute. They just stand there for one full 60-second minute. And then they surrender to the man in the naval uniform. And then the next day they apply for a billion, with a B, a billion dollars of foreign aid. So, you know the... uh, the, (laughs) I was like, comments, I know you're going to have something here. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know the boxes of of bread uh, and and other things from uh, from BJ's Warehouse Clubs that... uh, Hispanic church gets. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So Cuban bread is those big, long, really soft loaves in those boxes. Okay. So I'm not sure how you – it has to be very, very old, very, very stale because it's a very soft unless you're kind of tearing it. Like literally breaking it over someone's head doesn't really seem feasible. But obviously this, this whole thing is uh, symbolic. Are they – are they saying they side with Cuba, or do we know what the significance of, of this action? I mean, other than saying we're at war with the United States, uh, is there a reason? Is there a significance for the Cuban bread? Is there you know, anything else there? I, I think this is this is all a tongue in cheek thing to reserve the right to party. Okay. Yeah. Because as we get into this, you're going to be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just reading too much into the Cuban bread. Okay, all right. That's a, I mean, yeah, that's about the only time that the Cuban bread that Cuba really comes up. Um, okay, so they're not like declaring solidarity with Fidel Castro in 19. No, 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 1982. No. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, 1982. All right, that was on April the 23rd. On April the 24th, the next day, the roadblock is removed. All right. I thought that was interesting. Sure. I mean, legally questionable anyway, and if it's got this kind of response, well, that's a pretty – seems like a pretty easy way to de-escalate the situation. Now, eventually, at the Key West airport, they end up – sign. it's one of those signs where each letter is an individual letter – I don't, know, I don't know the proper verbiage for this, but they end up with this huge sign over the Key West Airport that says, Welcome to the Conch Republic. So it's like a okay. real deal. Um, sure, they're spending some money on this. Yeah, they end up with their own blue flag. It's a blue background, and it has a great big uh, sun with rays coming off of it and a pink conch shell inside the sun and the representation of Cygnus C-Y-G-N-U-S the constellation Cygnus which means I think the swan Um, so the stars making up Cygnus and I'm not really sure the significance of that I couldn't figure that one out and then the date uh, 1828 which is the date that Key West was founded evidently is on the flag so they have their own flag. They end up creating their own passports that you can purchase. 
and it, they basically say something on the passport like um, whoever wants to share in an island state of mind or <laughs> something like that um, can be a, a sovereign member of the micronation of the Conch Republic. Okay, so this is kind of like uh, the New Hampshire's live free or die, but maybe they actually mean more by it. Yeah, isn't that weird? All right. Now, if we jump all the way to the year I graduated high school in 1995, September 20th, 1995, the 478th Civil Air Battalion for our reserve forces was doing a training session on how to invade a foreign island. And the conch officials were not notified that they were coming. When this uh, Dennis Wardlow got word <laughs> that they were being invaded in his, in his verbiage, uh, <laughs> he mobilized every able-bodied man uh, for all-out warfare. They get on a ship called the Western Union, and they mount a full-on attack of a Coast Guard vessel. So now it's getting real. Um, so so this thing actually lasted from 1982 until 95, is that what you said? It's still there. Oh, it's still officially its yeah. own thing, at least in yeah. my mind? Yes. That's, that's crazy. All right. So he, Wardlow mobilizes all all-out attack on a Coast Guard vessel. Now, I don't know what you're picturing, but whatever you're picturing ain't right because they get right alongside the Coast Guard vessel and open direct fire head-on, point-blank range with water balloons. With, yeah, with what I... With water okay. balloons and conch fritters and pieces of bread. Okay, that's that's more <laughs> like what I pictured. Okay. Oh, okay. I was gonna say with, with with kind of the picture in my mind of of Key West, I don't figure there's actually a lot of firearms there. Okay. All right. So uh, that, when I read that, more in line I, with what I pictured, I just rolled laughing. These guys come out with water balloons, man. I'm like, what? And the Coast Guard, of course, hits them with fire hoses or fire water cannon of some sort. Um. Wardlow complains to the Department of Defense and receives an apology from the U.S. Coast Guard for the use of the water cannon. Wow. Remember <laughs> the so, 22nd. Yeah, keep, well, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think I'll save it for when you're done. Uh, okay. It's, yeah. Well, two days later, on September 22nd, this is in 95, the Coast Guard surrenders to Wardlow in a ceremony. Wow. Now, it's all tongue-in-cheek. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So if this is still going on, that means that almost 40 years later, uh, the, the U.S. government is still kind of entertaining this delusion by some people in Key West, Florida. I, I mean, I could not find that it has ceased to exist. So I, mean, I, I think they I think they fully have I, I think they fully have the right to secede. I think any any place does, but that's another matter. But the way this whole thing's playing out seems more like okay, this is 
because you, you can actually go to Key West. Like, you can get in your car right now, drive to Florida, and drive out into Key West. There's nothing stopping you. There's no actual border there. So they haven't really seceded. Right. Yeah. So this is more of entertaining a delusion than than an actual <laughs> secession. Kind of. I mean, it's – see, that's what I wanted to – that's what I wanted to get your comments on. Is it, but I couldn't figure out the words that you've already come up with. Um, so yeah, it, is this an actual secession from the union, or is it a delusion of secession? And you know, a lot. If you talk about an individual that thinks he's Jesus Christ, he's he's having a delusion. However, to him, that is as real as the fact that you work at where you work. I mean, to you, the sky is blue. You know what I'm saying? So at what point... Yeah, I get I get that, but I mean, I guess... At what point is you, this delusion kind of a reality, you know? If you've, if you've really seceded, then there's a border between you and, you know, the, the country you've left. You know, you probably have some kind of military, although maybe not. You you don't get things like, I mean, you think about where Key West is, all of their power and food and supplies, everything comes from elsewhere in Florida or elsewhere in the United States. Yeah. They're not importing and exporting stuff. It's It's not really its own country. Well, what about what about reservations? Because you can go onto an Indian reservation and not go through a technical border. While while they have some tribal law that applies to them, yeah, their tribal law, if I'm not mistaken, their tribal law does not uh, does not take the place of federal government law, like U.S. government law, like they're still accountable to that. It's sort of it. Reservations are more and I hate to use this because we're going to get really politically sticky. Reservations are more like what states are now as opposed to what states were when the country was founded. Okay, They're sort of under the federal government. Federal law still applies. Uh, state law applies. You know, tribal law applies. But you know, there the the difference is a, a reservation is sort of like a state that may exist inside or does exist inside of another state. So you can sense. commit a you can be on one of those places and commit a crime, and it still be a federal crime. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So yeah, it's the more, more you it's talk, more, the more it's I more like it. yeah, it's more like going into a state than it is going into another country. Okay. Well this I, I mean I kept hearing reading the phrase tongue in cheek and I think this is <laughs> and you're saying delusion and I think it's all about the same thing really. That I don't think Ronald Reagan would have said they actually seceded from the Union, you know? It, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, had they taken some other steps, then we might be having a different conversation. But based on 
based on what you presented so far, I don't think they actually have. All right. Well, listen to this. There's not a whole lot of material here, and this is actually the last thing, but I think this is where it could have gone really sideways because this reminds me a little bit of our conversation about Alcatraz a couple weeks ago where some folks realized that the U.S. did not really consider something an actual piece of piece of land that was owned by the U.S., and so they hopped on the opportunity. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, yeah. And that, in that case, it was based on an old Indian treaty or Native American treaty that yeah. said that uh, if the federal government uh, left land, then it, it reverted back to Native Americans, yeah. So evidently there's a bridge out there called Seven Mile Bridge um, in the Keys. Yeah. And on January the 4th, 2006, some Cuban refugees, 15 of them, actually made it to the bridge. But uh, a new section of bridge had been built, and this section was no longer in use. And it was actually just a bridge that you can't get to, and Maybe it's a seven-mile section. I'm not sure. But it's a section of bridge out in the water that stops at each end. And all you can do is yeah. jump in the water if you're on it, no matter which way you go. Yeah. And these refugees made it to that section of bridge out there in the middle of the water. Um, the Border Patrol turned them around and made them go back to Cuba uh, because evidently there was some sort of thing called wet feet, dry feet. And you had to be able to get your feet onto dry land that's owned by the U.S. in order to keep going as a refugee, maybe. I don't I don't know all the verbiage for that. Um, but since this yeah. was technically not in the U.S., they were able to turn them around. Well, a man that lives in the Conquer Public, Peter Anderson, he saw this as a grand opportunity to seize some territory. <laughs> Because he said, well, all right, the U.S. has just said that's not there, so we'll take it. And he and some others went and claimed this span of bridge for the Conch Republic. And they wanted to use it to put uh, a couple of, I don't know how they're going to do this, but they wanted to use it to put a couple of houses and places of entertainment on this span of bridge out in the middle of the water. Probably have gambling, you know, things you can't have on right. soil. And a man named Russell Schweiss, S-C-H-W-E-I-S-S, who happened to be the spokesman for Jeb Bush at the time, you know, Jeb Bush, uh, he got involved. Huh? Do what? Jeb Bush, please clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets involved. And says that, speaking for Jeb Bush, he says that all of the Floridians uh, have paid for the bridge and they own the bridge. And they don't have permission, these folks in the Conquer Public don't have permission to seize it. And that seems to counter what Border Patrol was saying. But uh, Russell Schweiss won and they were unable to claim this section of bridge for the Conch Republic, and that was in 2006. Very so interesting. Something, yeah, so something that may help with this. So the Florida Keys are a bunch of islands, and this is, I'm going to try to pull up some information here real quick, but uh, 
a lot of this is off of memory, so I may get some of it wrong, but the the Florida Keys are a bunch of islands that are connected together, hence the the bridge. The original bridge that connected the Florida Keys and sort of turned it into the tourist destination town, whatever you want to call it, was was built, I believe, by a private individual. And over time, as it became uh, as it sort of fell into disrepair after quite a while of use, maybe I think decades of use, uh, eventually they had to replace it. And they replaced it with kind of a so the bridge that he'd built sort of have you been to the Outer Banks? Yeah. So I believe the bridge that he built kind of went alongside the islands and connected the islands. Okay. Whereas the one that was that replaced it was uh and yeah, the longest section was like seven miles or whatever. But the one that that they're built to replace it was sort of one of these really big bridges that you know kind of just ran alongside everything. It was way you know you think about so if you think about the Outer Banks, you think about these small bridges that connected the islands that in a lot of cases now have been replaced with these huge bridges that just kind of go up and kind of away from everything. Yeah. Well, the one that was built, the one that was built, kind of did this, kind of did that. It kind of went up. The, the current one kind of goes up and away from everything. And you have, I guess, exits to the islands or, or what have you. But uh, so I guess maybe that was part of their argument was it, they were arguing maybe it wasn't wasn't infrastructure built by the government. It was infrastructure built by an individual um, that then when it fell into disrepair is you know just out there. Um, so I guess maybe that was part of it. I guess so. Uh, <clears throat> When it comes to armed forces, <laughs> they have uh, they have an army of volunteers who assemble at nearby Fort Taylor. They have a navy of ten civilian boats, and they have an air force which is led by was led by Fred Cabanas, C A B A N A S, and now his son leads their, their air force, and Fred Cabanas. Flew a 1942 era airplane, um, and he once intercepted a Cuban MiG 23. In 1991, he intercepted a Cuban MiG and turned it back around off the keys. Impressive. Impressive. So that's all I've got on the Conquer Public. It's weird. It's tongue in cheek. It's there to. Uh, protect um, the industry that's based on tourism. It's there to protect an environment where you don't need a wristwatch, and that's a metaphor. Uh, nobody really wears a wristwatch anymore, I don't guess, but um, to where you're on island time, you're not checking to see what time it is because you're so relaxed, and uh, you're drinking alcohol at 9.30 in the morning, <laughs> you know? Um, so... I just thought this was a really odd. I'd heard of it before. Um, I just and when I saw the airport sign that says "Welcome to the Conquer," I just thought, "Oh man, we got to do this. This is so freaking weird." Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, it it really strikes me as a. Uh, I bet we can't get away with this. 
you know, discussion that came up in a, I guess, a town hall meeting or whatever. And they actually did it and they got away with it. Yeah. And they've gotten away with it for 40 years, mainly, I guess, because it doesn't really mean anything. But still, it's kind of one of those things that seems like, oh, I bet we can't do this. And it actually worked. And now they're kind of like, now what? What do we do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their uh, currency is the conch dollar, which is, of course, the U.S. dollar. So that in itself. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to the whole thing. of They're not really a nation. like Right. They're a micro nation. I mean, you, you have, I guess you. There might be there might be actual separate nations where the U.S. dollar is the main currency. I, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I'm thinking maybe some some islands out somewhere that you know maybe had a previous relationship with the U.S. government that don't anymore, but still use their currency or or what have you. But yeah, they're basically not self sufficient in any way. So I have a hard time calling them. You know. I have a hard time calling this an actual secession. And it says on their, um, I think it says on the passport, we not succeeded, but we succeeded where others tried, where others failed. We succeeded where others failed. All right. <laughs> uh, but not really, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you think of uh, things that they, I think the state of Texas has pointed out for years that that their power grid is not connected to anywhere else in the U.S. and you know those kinds of things because they, they were they were a republic who joined the U.S. or whatever. Um, so they as they've kind of floated back and forth with ideas about this, they've talked about okay, what would it actually take? And you know, not being 100% reliant on the country that you say you're leaving is kind of important. Yeah, yeah. This was a simple uh, but good one that might spur yeah, yeah. discussion on secession. Do you think we do you think we might get to a point where uh, we might start shedding states, be willing to get to to, leave, to lose a state here and there if it would save money? I have. I seen... think it would probably cost money to get rid of a state. I have I I don't know, but I have seen polls in the last within the last year and some fairly recently where an ever increasing majority of US citizens seem to agree that splitting up would be the best thing to do. So I find that really? very interesting. Wow. That that more and more and I think it now has crossed over into a majority of people actually think Okay, we're tired of this. Splitting up is the best bet. Huh. So what that looks like and all that, that's that's highly debated and I bet it would not look like the Contra Republic. If it'll happen, who knows? But yeah, it's because uh, obviously it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a, a straightforward north south thing. Oh it would no. kinda have to be like it would kinda have to be like a I don't know, a coastal thing and a middle thing. I don't know. I mean, it's it'd be an interesting 
Mass. Probably, yeah. yeah probably <laughs> dots of, well, we're part of this, but we're part of this, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe the maybe the Conquer Republic would be a great place to go if that happened. We could be on island time with Kenny Chesney. I'd just as soon go to West Virginia and forget everything else that's going on. <laughs> well, you got anything else? I do not. So uh, we did record this on Monday night instead of our normal Sunday night. So uh, this will be coming out here in just a couple of days. And uh, next week is Thanksgiving. So, That's hard to believe. Uh, yep, time is flying. So um, I'm going to do a Thanksgiving subject for next week. All right. Is it going to be food-related or what? I don't think I'm going to do food-related just because we just – I mean, I just did a food topic. So Okay. Um, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But uh definitely think we should try to do something. Thanksgiving related for next week. So, yeah, and let me just say to our listeners uh, here in America, we got this crap going around where everybody dreads getting together with family. Cut that out of your life. Uh, look forward to that because they're not always going to be here. Take a week and say screw politics, screw Washington. Don't talk about that stuff. And if it comes up, just say I'd rather not talk about it. But um, those folks aren't going to be here forever. And uh, enjoy the time that you have together. Make the most of it. Live your life. Laugh and laugh hard. Cry and really mean it. Tell a dirty joke at the table and make everybody laugh. But try to really enjoy Thanksgiving. I hate that, that we have this thing where we don't – it's like here in the West, we don't like getting together with family. And I think that's, um, I think that's a cultural thing. I think deep down we want to be together. Um, so overcome that crap. Let's grow up a little bit. And um, I, don't, I don't mean to preach, but maybe maybe we need some preaching. But let's enjoy our, our family members and uh, hug each other tight and, uh, and get over the differences and eat some trip to fan and, and have a good time. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All, All right, right brother. folks. We will uh, see you next week. All right. See you, man.